Chapter 12 From the Dark to Cemetery Girl Date Wednesday, October 2nd, 8.16am Subject, Ghoulish We met by exchanging letters in the cemetery. I don't think either of us are in a position to call the other ghoulish. I've been thinking a lot about what you said your father did. About how he was going to get rid of your mother's equipment. When my sister died, my mother didn't want to get rid of anything. She refused to touch anything Carrie had touched. Before she'd walk out the house, Carrie had eaten the grilled cheese sandwich and she'd left a plate by the sink with all the crusts sitting there. She loved grilled cheese and made one just about every day, which meant she left a stupid plate sitting there every day. My mum used to lay into her about it. The dishwasher is right there, Carrie. You're not going to have someone cleaning up after you for the rest of your life, you know. After she died, mum couldn't throw the, touch the plate. It sat there for weeks until mould grew on the crust. It grew, drew ants. It was disgusting. Once I tried to clean it up, I thought I would help, it would help, I guess, so she wouldn't have to do it. She screamed at me and told me to never touch anything of Carrie's again. She was so upset, I almost couldn't understand her. I ran, I hid. It's embarrassing to type that out. I almost deleted it. But that's the point of the cloak and dagger, isn't it? I've never really been scared of my mother, but that day I was. I wasn't really afraid of hurting me, though that was part of it. She's not a big woman, but that day she seemed huge. I was, I was scared of her grief. It seemed so much bigger than mine, and I was worried it would take, overtake me. My father was in jail, and my sister dead, and my mother was trapped in her own private pain. I was responsible for all of it. I was scared she would do something irreparable. I was scared I would lose her. I didn't stay hidden for long. She came looking for, for me, and I didn't really have anywhere to go. I was 13. She found me in my closet. Her eyes were red, but she wasn't crying. And her voice was soft, so soft. When I came out of the closet, she put her hands on my cheeks and apologised. She kept stroking my hair, telling me that we only had each other now. And we had to help take care of each other. Then she said I could start by helping her with something in the kitchen. The dish was the crust was gone and the counter smelt of bleach. Mum wanted me to box up all the dishes. She said she couldn't touch them anymore. I remember placing each dish in a box so carefully because I didn't want to do anything to set her off again. I shouldn't have bothered. We took them all to the dump. She made me throw them into the dumpster while she stood there smoking a cigarette. I've never seen my mother smoke, but there she was, staring down at the box of shattered dishes, a cigarette shaking between her fingers. I've never seen anyone do something like that, but I thought she was losing her mind. A part of me wanted to run again, but a bigger part of me was scared to leave her alone. After two, two drags, she stomped on the cigarette and said, Let's go buy some dishes. You can pick them out. I don't get what the point of this story was, except maybe to say that 
sometimes you get to a point where it hurts too much and you'll do anything to get rid of the pain even if it means doing something that hurts someone else I feel like I need a cigarette no that's not true I hate smoking it's disgusting but still I need something I love the feel of those words I'm supposed to be on my way to see Rowan for lunch, but my steps are slow. The hallway is packed with people desperate for something other than class time, and they jostle me along. My thoughts aren't focusing on any destination. They're trapped in time with a 13-year-old boy watching his mother lose her marbles. Juliet, what a perfect time. Mr. Gerardi stands in front of me, leaning against the door to his classroom. I don't know what I'm doing here. I haven't been down the arts hallway since she died. Tagboard framed black and white photographs line the wall across the hall from him. One is magnificent. A shot of a man on a park bench, his skin weathered, a hat pulled low over his eyes. Despair pours out of the picture. Two are decent, but nothing special. The rest are are crap. A bowl of fruit? Seriously? I look back at Mr. Gerardi. I was on my way to lunch. I didn't mean to come down this way. He gives me a funny look. Are you sure? The arts wing is an additional to the original school, so it's not really on the way to anywhere. The location made it easier to avoid anything related to photography after she died. It made it doubly easy easier to avoid Mr. Gerardi's attempts to get me to re-enroll in honest photography. You know, there's still time to change your schedule, he says, but not much. See, I shake my head quickly. No, I'm fine. Are you sure? Brandon doesn't have much competition anymore. Brandon Cho, he's probably the one who took the photograph of the guy on the park bench. We used to have a friendly rivalry for who could get more space in the school paper and the yearbook. Rowan always said that we would have made a cute couple, or with the cameras and all, but he's a little too pleased with himself to be right for me. I almost roll my eyes. I'm pretty sure Brandon is getting by just fine. Then I realised what he said when I walked up. What's perfect timing? I need a favour, and you're the perfect person to do it. Mr. Girardi is the school's only photography teacher, and when he needs a favour, it usually involves taking a picture of something. No, I say. He frowns. You didn't even let me say what I needed. Does it require a camera? He hesitates. Yes. Then no. I turn and walk away. I didn't mean to walk down here. I was distracted. It might be good for you to pick up a camera again. He said, you'll never know if you don't try. I keep walking. He calls after me. It will only take an hour and you'll get a volunteer credit. I keep walking. I can barely hear him. I can give a crap about volunteer credits now. He shouts, you can use my lecher or laker. I can't help it. My feet stop just for a second. It's an automatic reaction. Miss Girardi has an amazing Leica M digital camera. We all used to draw over it.
He rarely lets student use it, though he let me sh- help let me help shoot prom last year, so I'm familiar with it. It's as nice as mom's field camera, which she never let me touch. She practically kept it on an altar when she wasn't working. Right now, it's sitting in a stained bag in the corner of my room. My palms are suddenly sweating. I can't do this. I start walking again, turning the corner as quickly as I can. I'm late for lunch and the line is obscene. I have no appetite anyway. I see Rowan in our back corner, sitting at the end of the table. I fling my bag under the table and all but collapse across from her. She stops chewing a sandwich and raises an eyebrow. You're not eating? No, but I fish under the table for my water bottle. Why not? I don't meet her eyes. It's not important. It kind of looks like it's important. I heave a sigh and it leaves my mouth with an edge. Row. But then I stop. Sometimes you get to a point where it hurts too much and you'll do anything to get rid of the pain, even if it means doing something that hurts someone else. He's talking about my father, but it makes me think of Rowan. Have I been doing that to her? I fiddle with my water bottle and think about it. This is not a good feeling. Rowan pulls open a bag of potato chips. Does it have anything to do with Miss Girardi? My eyes flick toward to her. Hers. What? She nods towards the hallway because he's heading over here. I almost fall off the bench, whipping around to see what she's talking about. He followed me. For an instant, I cling to the naive hope that he's here to grab a soda or harass someone else. But no, Mr. Girardi walks directly over and looks down at me. At least let me ask you the favour. My brain is already twisted up, thinking about how I've treated, been treating Rowan. A sharp reply dies in my throat. I shrug and poke at a stained spot on the tabletop. I need yearbook photos for the fall festival, he says. Spend an hour, take some pictures and call it a day. That's tomorrow. I know. It seems ridiculous to have a fall festival when it's 80 degrees outside. We're barely into October. But it's a school tradition. Fall festival and homecoming game on Thursday, big dance on Friday. I wasn't going to go, I say. I wasn't going to do any of it. Rowan takes a sip of her soda and doesn't say anything. Mr. Girardi drops a straddle the bench beside me. It's your senior year, he says quietly. You won't get another chance to be a senior in high school. I snort. You think I'll somehow regret not taking pictures of football players getting whipped cream smashed in their faces. Maybe, he pauses. You can't tell me you haven't thought of picking up a camera again. Declan Murphy comes to mind, the strip of light over his eyes as he surveyed my car, making him look like an inverse superhero. His expression in the hallway after I spill the coffee, all aggression and fury, and something approaching vulnerability. You have, said Miss Girardi. I know you have. You have too much talent to throw away forever, Juliet. I don't respond. Do you think your mum would have wanted that? Don't talk about my mother. I slap my hand on the table so hard that people nearby fall silent and tune in our conversation. He doesn't flinch. Do you? No. She wouldn't want this. She'd probably be ashamed of me. 
Oh, Juliet, she'd say, shaking her head. Haven't I raised you to have some courage? The words don't inspire me. Instead, they make me want to shrink further into myself. You'd probably find some freshmen to do it, Rowan says. It's the yearbook, I snap without thinking. It's not Instagram. She smiles and takes a drink of her soda. Then you do it. My hands are sweating again and I roll my water bottle between them. I don't know what my problem is. It's a stupid camera, a stupid hour of time, a bunch of stupid pictures that won't matter after everyone has looked at them once or twice. I think about dishes sitting smashed at the bottom of a dumpster. Mr. Girardi is waiting patiently. I look at him. I can use your camera because I'm sh- I sure can't use my mother's. His expression doesn't change. I like that about him. Yep. I only have to shoot for one an hour. Yes. All candid. Whatever you want. I take a deep breath. I feel as though I'm standing at the edge of a cliff and everyone is urging me to jump, including my mother. They're all telling me I'll be safe, but all I can see is a gaping chasm. I'll think about it. I expect him to pressure me more, but he doesn't. He rises from the bench. Sleep on it, he says. Come see me after homeroom and let me know what you decide. Sleep on it. That I can do. My father brings home Kentucky Fried Chicken for dinner. I'm not really one for fast food, but I didn't eat lunch and my stomach is screaming at me to do something about the situation. The fried chicken smells so good that I have plates out of the cabinet before he's even set the bag on the table. I start tearing into the plastic bag, shoving a biscuit down into my mouth while I separate the sides. Mashed potatoes, gravy, macaroni and cheese, everything is a varying shade of beige. Nothing colorful, not even green beans. I can't make myself care. I break open the box of potato wedges and throw some on each plate. Then I realize he's staring at me. What? I say around the biscuit. One, you're home. He clears his throat. And two, you're eating. I always eat. No, Julia, you don't. I look at him. He's so perfectly average. It makes me wonder what my mother ever saw in him. She was vibrant in every way. She'd walk into a room and you couldn't help but be affected by her light. She's completely unrem- he's completely unremarkable. Average skin, brown hair and eyes, stocky build, like the food. There's a lot of beige. He's a nice enough guy, I guess. We were close when I was little, but I think he was mystified by my first period and the resulting mood swings and decided to keep his distance after that. What changed, he says. Nothing changed, I say evenly. I didn't eat lunch. I'm hungry. Okay, he hesitates. Want me to get drinks? Sure. He helps himself to a beer and places a glass of milk in front of me, which makes me roll my eyes. Milk. Like I'm six. I'm surprised there's not a straw. I'm tempted to take a sip of his beer, just to see what he'd do. I've used up my courage for today, however. We sit there and eat silently for a little while. I was excited by the smell of the chicken, but the skin feels slimy between my fingers, and I pull it all off. I slice into the meat. Did you finish all your homework? He says. He hasn't asked me about homework since the day school started. I glance at him. I have a little left. Anything giving you trouble? 
I cut another piece of chicken. School is fine. He goes silent again, but I can feel his attention. I'm tempted to take my plate and go upstairs with it, but I'm thinking of the day he was going to get rid of her gear and the way I treated him. Maybe it hurts him to keep everything here. Maybe it's hurting me and I don't realise it. I have to clear my throat and keep my eyes fixed on my food. My voice comes out smaller than I'd like. You can sell her stuff. He draws a quick breath. I don't need to do that, Juliet. It's okay. I overreacted. It's stupid to keep it here. He reaches across the table and puts his hand over mine. It's not stupid. I can't remember the last time he touched me. My eyes fill before I'm ready for it. I like the feeling of his hand, the connection, the warmth. I didn't realise I'd been so far adrift until he grabbed hold of me. I have to pull my hand away. He lets me go, but his hand stays there. I press my fingertips against my eyes. I was stupid. You probably thought I was being a hateful daughter. Never, he says quietly. My shoulders are shaking and I can't, I can't look at him or I'm going to completely lose it. I'm curling into myself so hard that my elbow is jabbing into my stomach. His arm comes around me and it must be like holding onto a rock. I didn't even hear him come around the table. Half broken breaths are coming out of me in short bursts. You're not hateful, he says, stroking a hand over my hair. I miss her so much, I say, and my voice breaks on the last word. I just wanted her to come home. I did too. I want to fall into him. I want to let someone else carry this weight, even if it's just for a little bit. But it's been too long. He's been too distant. I'd fall and he'd step back, leaving me to hit the dirt. I sit there and shake. He sits there and strokes my hair. Once I can speak without a hitching voice, I push a damp tendril of hair back from my face. I meant it. You can sell her things back to Ian. Well, he sits back, but not too far. Maybe we'll wait a bit before making that decision. They're just taking up room on my floor. They're not hurting any- anything. I don't say anything. And after a moment, he says, If you don't want them in your room, you can put them in the... His voice falters just a bit. My room, he finishes. Not the basement anymore. I'll watch out for them if you don't want to. He doesn't want them there. I can hear it in his voice. He never liked her occupation while she was alive. There's no reason he should be head over heels for it now. I straighten and pull away from it, him fully. No, I'll keep them. Suddenly my appetite is gone. I can't reconcile the doting father with the opposite one. My plate slides across the table. Only half my chicken is gone and I've barely touched the mashed potatoes. I'm done. Are you sure? I'm sure. I bolt for the stairs, sure he's going to try to follow me. He doesn't. My door closes with a whisper and I am alone in my room. Her things are there in the corner, a pile of bags and equipment and gear. I don't want to touch her, but a small part of me is glad that he doesn't want to get rid of it either. Like in the letter from the dark, my father was ready to smash the plates, but now he's not. I wonder what happened, what changed and what it has to do with me.